What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Avengers Infinity War spoiler cast. The biggest movie of the year. Holy crap. <sighs> breathe in, breathe out. Hyperventilating breathe. a little bit. And not just because of the Avengers, but also because of our beloved Buffalo Bills. Uh, yes. What are you doing, guys? What are you doing? Two very, very big events tonight. We, uh, it, so I managed to stay away from Avengers spoilers pretty much the whole time and what i did spoil unfortunately was for the guy in front of us the the, the nfl draft he kind of turned well at least the buffalo p- portion of it i i don't know if you heard me say number one yeah he said he DVR'd he, he turns around he goes not to be that guy dvr the entire draft i go oh, i'm sorry so i didn't i didn't you know get in on an avengers spoiler but i did on the buffalo bills draft so sorry guy in front of me at the movies well he'll find out when he gets home that we now have to play against sam darnold for the next 15 the years crushing. on the new york jets so unbelievable so buffalo basically moved up to seven and still passed on him yeah. who sam darnold mm-hmm. no uh josh rosen and rosen Catholic, excuse me yes. uh and i i i don't know what to say anyway that's a whole different podcast for a different time <laughs> and a different company altogether so i'm josiah Leroy. with me today i'm gonna go left instead i always go to my right i'm gonna break it up here a little bit Tom Colbert. I think the bill should pass more. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I uh, I think they should pass more too. Uh, in front of me, Mr. Jeffrey Pavlak. What's going on, buddy? And to my right, Miss Jimbo. <laughs> Hi. Curly Q herself, Jamie Leroy. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, Mary present. So, all the good real nicknames. life Debbie Thornberry, as we established in the movie theater tonight. I uh. <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> Nickel City. I was thinking about it because I have a jacket on that almost looks like her shirt. Speaking of which, Nickel Whoa. City Con, if you are in the greater Segway. Western New York or Buffalo area, <laughs> Buffalo, New York is where we're housed. Uh, you can come the weekend of May 18th and check out Nickel City Con. It's the premier Comic Con in the area. We are a proud sponsor. We are hosting a crap ton of uh, events, including some celebrity Q&As, some Star Wars trivia, uh, and a long list of other things, so we'll touch on that later. But Avengers Infinity War, I'm not writing anything down. Typically for these podcasts, I have a little bit of a structure, a little bit of a bullet point list of where I want to go. I don't know where to go with this. Thank you, Iron Man. Free ball it. Let's free ball this. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Pavlok. So, <laughs> lay it on me. Where, uh, Where's your head at after seeing the culmination of a movie 10 years in the making? Well, I'll say this. That was probably the quickest two and a half hours of my life. That movie, Easily. That movie moved, man. I mean, that was just, you talk about relentless pace. I think that's one of the best uh, representations of that. I mean, just, it really never slowed down. Not even, once. Even when it was slowing down a little bit, it was for very poignant, very emotional uh, and dramatic scenes. Uh, you know, interaction between the characters, heart-to-heart conversations. That movie, ju- it, it was just, like I said, relentless pace. It did not stop for a second. It wasn't choppy at all either. No, it was very well edited. Yeah. It's one of the best-paced movies I've ever seen in my life. And for the amount of stuff they crammed in, whether it was the introduction of like 20 plus superheroes or uh, having those superheroes get all their own screen time, I, I was blown away at the intensity, at how dark it felt, at how they mixed in the humor without cheapening it up, which is what Marvel's calling card has been. I, I The Russo brothers did an absolutely wonderful job. And the Russo brothers did Winter Soldier and Civil War, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So uh, that was a big 
deal having them handed off, you know, this this franchise here. Jamie uh, or Tom, whoever wants to go first, where's your head at? <laughs> um, I was on edge the entire movie because it felt like anyone could die at any time. And, like, we've been kind of waiting, trying to figure out who it, which Avenger would die or anything like that. And it just felt like everyone could. So, I don't know. I my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> you and ninety five percent of the other people in the theater with us. I think at the time. I think there were some people sobbing. Like oh, it I, sounded yeah. like panic attacks. I definitely heard people crying. Oh. I, I just I Lauren was legitimately pissed when. So I guess we should start here and say this is a spoiler cast. If you didn't know, oh uh, yes, yes, heavy yes. spoilers. We're going to talk about everything with Avengers. I would assume you'd know that by reading the description. But just in case you didn't, and you're just automatically yes, listening, stumbled upon. First this of all, one. we appreciate it. Second of all, bookmark it. Pause it. Come back after you have seen the Avengers: Infinity War because we are going to go all over the map with spoilers. We'll start at the end. We'll start at the end. <laughs> so at the end, uh, it was the one thing I saw beforehand was that. A lot of people were saying that it was a cliffhanger. And, you know, this is really part one. This was going to be Infinity Wars part one before they renamed it. And I wasn't surprised. A lot of people in our theater were. They, You heard the, the gasp, yeah. basically, yeah. collectively. Um, before moving on to your point, Tom, what did you think overall? Like, what are you struggling to pick up the pieces like I am a little bit? So, yeah, I feel like I'm, I don't know, like I, I need to see it again to fully grasp what I witnessed and what happened and yeah I mean but overall I mean it was it was good it was great yeah I um the hype was worth it my thought is I I don't uh, so I'm I'm gonna be writing our official review for this it's gonna be a late night damn it uh, <laughs> but I don't know where I'm at I'm I'm very very high on the scale like very high and I'm trying to think of kind of some reasons why I I would you know mark it down a little bit uh, we we go on a quarter point scale so I I don't know. I'm at least at a 9.5 right now in my head. I think getting through this will be a little bit of group therapy for me and figuring out where I want to seed this. But um, well, I'm having a hard time thinking of something that I would have done differently to make it better. It's tough to give it a you know pinpointed, precise assessment right now when we've only seen half of this story. Yes, this was a complete movie and a very good movie at that, but this was only half of the actual story. So it's tough to say exactly... How are we going to remember this, you know, five years from now, once we see the second half of this story? Will Drastically it? changes past movies, right? Yeah. Whether oh my gosh, it does. Every MCU movie, I feel like, does that, where you see, like, I'm, I'm much more interested in Doctor Strange now seeing this than I had been before, because Doctor Strange to me was one of the, I think all the Marvel cinematic movies are, universe movies are good to different degrees. But Doctor Strange is probably towards the bottom of the list for me. In it terms was just of, so different from everything the tone else they've is a lot done. Different. It's very intelligent, in a sense. I don't feel like that movie moved very well. Cerebral, you might say. <laughs> uh. I, d- I didn't feel like it moved very well, uh, and it lost. I I don't know. Also, lost it was my very attention a lot. Trippy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's true. That's yeah. one thing I want to mention. I thought they did a lot better with every bit of magic in terms of visuals for Doctor Strange than they did in the Doctor Strange solo movie. Seriously, <laughs> he's probably jacked. Just call him Doctor like, Jack. Like Thor. <laughs> like Thor. So this is not not that good looking. <laughs> According to one character <laughs> in this movie, I uh, yeah. So how how did we feel? Like, take us somewhere else. Where where do you want to go with this? What do you want to talk about? Okay, well let's we start at the end. Let's go all the way to the beginning. Um, right know, off the the get go. Yeah. Um. Crazy opening. Um. You know, I would have expected that the movie would start 
right with that ending scene from Thor Ragnarok, where Thor and company see Thanos' ship. This kind of jumps toward the end of that encounter where you see Asgardians lying dead everywhere. You see Thor's ship just in ruins. Um, unfortunately, we, lo- we lost uh, Heimdall mm-hmm. in this. That was, was emotional for me. That, uh, I, that's your first you know, death at, at the start of what would be a kind of cavalcade of deaths throughout this movie. So it really it set the tone early that this there were going to be some serious consequences to this movie. I said going into this that there had to be meaningful deaths. You cannot have a, you know a conflict this apocal without having pardon me some dire ramifications. And this movie started right away by showing us you know how ruthless and just how awful Thanos is. Uh, ambitious he is I mean you know ambitious to a fault he wants to see this uh, he wants to see this vision of taking out half the universe and he will do everything he possibly can to accomplish it and we talked about this last time too with um, I believe it was the Black Panther podcast about the villains and what makes a great villain I think that uh, Thanos had that kind of idea where like now you can like relate to him because he's definitely a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> but in a sense where like he has his own like dream and his own goal to accomplish and he has a reason for that. Like, he thinks like it's the, noble. The greater good kind of kind of story with him. I mean, where he wants to, you know, I'm going to purge half of the universe and then I'm going to let the other half fix itself and then it'll be better because everybody will have food and it's it's super dark. But so like people won't be in poverty anymore, but they'll also be missing half of their loved ones and everything it was nice to at least get a little bit of the perspective finally uh to see why he wanted to destroy half the universe not that it was justified by any means but it was (laughs) it it was nice to finally get the thought process whether or not it was right and i thought that that was uh it, it just i was worried going into this that thanos would just show up and we'd be like oh we're finally getting thanos and i wanted more build up previously but after seeing this i got all the thanos i needed i actually wanted to see more of his background like i would have liked to have seen more of his homeworld that apparently gave him this idea of purging aside from just a couple seconds of that you know reality image that he had on titan i think we needed a little bit more perspective into thanos's history why is he so bent on this yeah like yeah i would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of it because for the most part he still kind of felt like your typical like yeah he had a reasoning but he largely still felt like that um stock destructive apocalyptic villain that we have seen so many times and not that that's you know a huge knock against it i just would like to have seen more of it i think he felt a lot deeper than i thought he would and i thought he was pretty well realized overall um i didn't feel like terribly lacking with him i thought even to varying degrees with what um, went on with like uh, Nebula's torture scene and Gamora. Uh, Gamora is like very, very central to this story uh, for a number of reasons. And I thought that that helped kind of make Thanos more intense. Um, additionally, I, with the, the soul stone, that was kind of the one, that was the one stone we had not seen going yeah. into this. I would say that was the one genuine shock was seeing Red Skull. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. What a tie-in all the way back He's from. He's not yeah. dead. The first Avenger. Yeah. Because you, you forget, he, you know, he didn't die at the end of that. A, a lot of people thought at the time that he did, but then you event, once you learned what the, the space stone, the Tesseract actually did. Yeah. You're, you've, I've been wondering for years, where is he? 
I think they tied just about every loose end in this movie. Yeah. The coolest thing is that there's always been the running joke that Hugo Weaving is, by a technicality, the highest grossing actor of all time, given what movies he's been in. The Matrix franchise, the Transformers movies, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and now he's he's got another you know, $1.5 or $2 billion movie to add to that list. It's, yeah. He's, <laughs> so even he's though, right up you there. Know, he's never been the starring role in any of those franchises. It, it, the joke has always been that, you know, he's the highest grossing actor just by his, um, his appearances in those you know, mega blockbuster franchises. I was um, going into the movie, same thing as Pavlok. Uh, I had kind of a wish list in, in mind. And one thing was, I wanted to have some meaningful deaths or one meaningful death. And um, I thought a little bit towards, you know, as we got to the end of the movie, a little bit, um, it, it felt thin or almost irrelevant seeing all the superheroes either fade away or certain ones killed because they're just going to go back and rewind, right? Like they're, That's there's, what it seems like, yeah. there's no chance. If there there's that many zero chance that the vast majority of them are not coming back. A lot of them have confirmed sequels. Whether <laughs> those are in different timelines or not is a different story, but there's no way. There's no way. So I was surprised that Cap didn't die. I was surprised. I mean, you know, Tony Stark's basically off by himself just about at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that might be my only holdup with the film at all. Well, as far as rewinding, I don't know. Um, you, well, you obviously saw Doctor Strange and what happened with the Time Stone in that mm-hmm. um, film, but they, I guess, teased the consequences of rewinding time and like the effects that it, it can take. So, I, I mean, they really can't rewind too too much unless they do it like immediately. I feel like the rewinding, like, you know, changes to too many extent. things. Yeah. I need to make a quick addendum. That was not Hugo Weaving actually in this. It was not. As really? Skull, it was not him. Who was? was I, I don't know. I, I am learning though through some research that it was not him. I don't know who the. That's weird. Is, though, yeah. You'd think he would, you know, take that portion. Well, okay, rip off that two billion dollar add-on from his. <laughs> movie yeah, list. seriously. I don't know. Uh, the movie, by the way, is. Uh, I know we usually talk about box office stuff. It is tracking to. 230 million for the opening weekend domestically uh, which domestically would fall just shy of Force Awakens at 248 now that's a conservative outlook right. on it uh, <laughs> that's that's amazing that, that that could fall you know I we always talk about the numbers but it never ceases to amaze me how well this franchise does this I mean if it didn't have competition like Solo and Deadpool two coming up, and then um, Jurassic Park and sorry Jurassic World in month and a half, a little bit less than two months, this could be this could have been the movie that hit two billion because we haven't seen that since Avatar, and even that I believe did it with a couple re releases. I don't think it did it during its initial run. Yeah. First week, yeah. Well, well, of course, not the first week. First week, yeah. Yeah. God, every studio wishes they could. Every studios would studios would start purging half their work crew if they could get a movie to make two billion a week. So you think all the big movies that are following with Solo, Deadpool, like you said, Jurassic World, you think those are gonna hold 
a little bit of that back with Avengers? They'll take a little bit out of it. I don't think so. Those, I mean, look, they they almost have to because people are still going to be seeing those movies. Yeah, we've got a good chunk of time though, and I, maybe that had to do with Disney moving this up a week. Yeah, because you remember originally oh, yeah. this is going to be May fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a little bit more than a week, but anyway, I don't know. I don't people think people are going to want to go see those movies. They're not going to not go see it because oh, Avengers came out. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I think people will want to see this more than once, easily. Yeah. I just feel like there's going to be okay. there's there's options in th- there's going to be options in theaters over the next two months. If, if this had come out, say, end of December, like remember how Jumanji did that? Jumanji lasted as long as it did and made as much money as it did because there weren't other movies in theaters that people wanted. to So go people see. saw it. More I disagree. Exactly. Came out right around Star Wars. Yeah, but what else? What else were people going to see? See, my How thing is, I don't think do. people go to the movies just to go to the movies, though. There are people like Th- that. There though. are. There I would are. say the majority. So, but th- but then why else did Jumanji last? As long? why did it, why was it evergreen then? Because Jumanji didn't make its you know almost one billion in those first couple weeks. It made it over word of it, mouth, I think. It, right, and because when people go see it, then there aren't other options in the theaters. See, my my thought is. Deadpool, this, and Solo could all have come out in the same week and it wouldn't have mattered to me. Oh, well, th- that's for sure because this takes precedence, but is it going to take precedence for every last person in a, f- in a few weeks? No, but I think the vast majority of people will see a good movie if it's a good movie. And regardless of what else is coming around it, I don't think it'll take away. So, like, for example, we, we talked about this in 2016 when BVS had come out that. Um, I think your approach was you thought it, it might pull in more dollars because there wasn't anything coming out immediately. I think Civil War was two months down the line. Captain America Civil War was two months after BVS had come out. My thought was, you know, I say what you want about BVS. A bad movie is a bad movie. I don't think people are going to go just because there's nothing else to see. My, you know, Maybe I'm in the minority in this. I, I don't think so, but I think... You go to the theater because of what you want to or don't want to see. Not necessarily just to go. No, you're right, Pavlik. There definitely are people who would just go to go to the movies. Yeah, but also Deadpool 2 and Solo probably aren't going to be bad movies. Those are going to be good movies that have great word of mouth as well. So I think in... I mean, Jurassic, the last Jurassic World made $1.5, $1.6 billion. Sure. But my, my point there is strengthened by what you said. If they're, Let's say they're all good movies or even just popular movies. I don't think they take away from the pie too much, really, from the other movies. I don't think it takes away a great deal of it. I just think it mitigates it as a smidgen. Maybe. Like I said, it mitigates it in the sense that if this had come out during a stretch where they're like, uh, like or, you know, January, February, what else was in January and February aside from, you know, Black mm-hmm. Panther? Sure. You know, do you see what I'm saying by that? Or Black Panther still yeah, or, in yeah, theaters, or still which Black is Panther. ridiculous. So there's two Marvel movies going right now. I, was gonna say, I think a huge part of it, though, is also, I mean, the fan base. I mean, if you have a Star Wars movie or if you have a Marvel movie, people have their, their preference. You know what I mean? So, I mean, these are all different genres. I mean, we have Star Wars as a solo movie. We have um, Infinity War as the Marvel. We have Deadpool, which is also Marvel, but that one is rated R. Which I don't know if that affects tickets as far as kids and stuff. It does a little, a little bit, bit, but although the first one made crazy yeah. good money for an R-rated movie. Yeah, and then Jurassic World is a whole other entity in itself. I mean, they're all action movies, but I don't know. I feel like, and you know, again, maybe maybe I'm wrong with this, but I see those three movies coming out in the matter of a, you know a little a little less than a month actually. Yeah, and may, may, this you know third thirty. 
day, you know, calendar is nuts. It's it, not all of May technically because this right. is still April, but it's not holding me back from saying, "Hell, I got to pick and choose," or I, you know, I, I think I'm going to go see Avengers again because there's so many things I want to. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. true. Sink However, in. there are so many seats in movie theaters. Sure, something you know, shows could sell out, and there's only so many showings that a theater can do of one movie. That's that's why you often see a movie get chopped down so much. That's why you don't see a three-hour movie because there's less oper- there's less showings that are possible for the theater then. Yeah, I mean they're they're all all details. That's for sure. All that factor in. So <laughs> back to um or Infinity War. Wait, we're discussing. We're talking uh, a very know, relevant thing yeah, here. This is more important. Why is the Hulk's inferiority complex in this movie? What's going on with that? The so Hulk's the Hulk. <laughs> my the theory Hulk there is that the Hulk got. <laughs> and he didn't want to come out again. Yep. He was, <laughs> I think that was the first time he was defeated, in a sense. I love that beginning, by the way. I love that he immediately was there right out of the gate, and that was one matchup I wanted to see, and I didn't think we were going to get it. Yeah. it was Hulk versus Thanos. Uh, but, uh, man, Mark Ruffalo really killed it in this movie. Yeah, he was his, his emotion was awesome. I thought this was his best performance because he just felt – like shock shock like shocked and taken aback the entire movie like he seemed like he was uh throughout from start to finish he was still kind of recomposing himself after that you know that earlier incident dude's been through a lot yeah (laughs) he got his ass kicked he saw loki die man i wanted and then from there he was just like how are we gonna beat this guy he even said that there's no way that we can beat this guy i wanted more of loki but I mean, yeah. if that was You're gonna his get time, then the next fine. Avengers. The Loki solo yeah. movie. Come on. <laughs> they can. Anyone in this movie is fair game to be brought back. I guess that's my problem. Yeah, that, I know. You, you don't want to see them Dragon Ball Z it, where death doesn't really mean. Oh, hey, we got the Dragon Balls. When do you mean Byron. Gotham? <laughs> you don't uh, want to see them Gotham I it. I, I am way far. <laughs> I, yeah, I think in just or general hey, superhero t- yeah. movies, I've have kind of ruined that that, and maybe that's the a good shock article of piece. Death. Well, there's no there's no consequence. Yeah, it's no. it's like a video game. Honestly, you, you die, you just start over. Yeah. What what you know? Some of those more challenging video games. You know, maybe like the Dark Souls series is a good example where you you're really punished if you die. That's more of what I want. I mm. want more of that in these movies. Uh, and are you kidding me? I don't want to say goodbye to Iron Man or, or Cap. Like those, man. Ten years in the making. Like I said, for those those superheroes in these movies, there's a, a lot of emotional time invested in watching those guys on screen and their characters fully develop. I don't, I don't want to see them go, but at the same time, what do I have to worry about if I know that they can just come back with the snap of a, a finger? Don't make them die if you're going to bring them right back. That's just stupid. You know, I, yeah. I Infinity War may be a different story because of how you know relevant it is to the overall MCU, but in, in general, I think that's a problem. Here's a thought. Maybe the people that died died, like Loki was choked to death and that was my thought and people too. People who yeah. were like stabbed through the middle, maybe they are actually dead. But the people that who faded. kind of faded away and turned into dust, maybe they Gamora? can come back. Gamora, I think she's dead, and that was yeah. really sad. Can he? That was a powerful <sighs> scene. In in the like this fiction, can Thanos bring her back? I don't. I feel like he can't without giving up the Soul Stone. If like it's did, her or the stone. Evil for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But he gave her up to get the soul stone, so yeah. I feel like he wouldn't be able to keep it then. But does he need it if he's already done the can job? Can you unsacrifice somebody? With the time stone, maybe. Then he's, then he's probably the time stone. 
But if he's he probably lose his soul, yeah. If he's done what he wanted and he said he would rest kind of when he was done and watch a sunset, he doesn't need those stones anymore. If he's already you know wiped out half the the universe, so I feel like since it was a sacrifice made to get the stone, he can't. But, but the other thing is like can feasibly Gamora not make it in or come back in any way because there's going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy movie which is coming out in 2020. That could take place before. A then. lot of Guardians are gone. <sighs> She's got some Avatar movies to make. <laughs> Damn it! Remember, I never even remember, thought about there's that. Gonna, there's going to be four. She's of got them. four to go. Oh, oh. And, po- and and possibly Star Trek. Don't forget too. Oh yeah, they'll do more of those. Um, so I mean, she. Can maybe you imagine? This was her way of getting out. Come on. For the, you know, for those other films, the you, Guardians more than any other group in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe are like every member is so important to me. Oh, you gotta love them. Like they're the way they go together. Uh, we talked about on the way home. Drax was he was a show stealer for My me boy batista i'm so proud of you buddy Drax i'm so happy so for funny. you man <laughs> what did he say i'll do you one better yeah he said i'll do you I, I why think he said, is I'll gamora yeah. I, I think it was i'll do you one better why is gamora <laughs> But my, I said to Josiah, my favorite was him standing in the ship watching Gamora and Star-Lord. Not even standing there. An hour. I lost <laughs> it. Hour. You can't see me. Eating the chips, no less. Mantis comes in. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, man. Just, he's so awkward. Seriously. I love his character so much. I Even uh, stuff that I wouldn't think is traditionally funny, like in uh, Guardians Volume 2, uh, where he won't put on the suit that Quill made because it'll hurt his nipples. And at the end of the movie, he has to put it on and he's, and he's just screaming. <laughs> and you know why? Like that's, oh man, that's, Danny, that's him right there. Um, the guardians I thought were awesome overall. They had a nice, obviously relevance to the story because Thanos was kind of spawned from that movie, at least in this timeline. Um, what did you guys think of the little bit we got of teen Groot? He's <laughs> my least favorite group. He was such a team. Yeah, he was just group. playing his video game, but he still made a sacrifice of his arm to That was very cool. to make the axe. Just a handle. I would like oh to get gosh. regular the adult fact- group back at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. But the fact that Thor speaks Groot, he said, yeah, that, it was an elective. That was funny. <laughs> oh, and the, uh, the, the Chris Evans scene, too. This is my friend, Tree. Oh, yeah. I am did, Groot. Did you guys see that scene, by the way? <laughs> what are you talking Where about? Thor meets the Guardians? Before the movie? Yes. Okay. Uh, I remember him saying, who are you? But no, I don't... Guys... No, the whole thing where Gamora's no. touching him and Drax is even oh, like, this no. is a man. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That was one scene that I saw that was like kind of promoted. Um, that... I kind of steered clear of a lot of this stuff because I just wanted to go in. I did too, but this one was from Marvel itself. So I was like, yeah. okay, they're not going to spoil anything here. Mm-hmm. And they even changed up certain things from the scene <laughs> that we saw in the movie, the end product. I love that scene though. I, uh, I fully want a Thor guardians movie whether that's uh and then rocket saying he was gonna get bucky's arm (laughs) do you remember the art that we saw at nickel city con somebody made that yeah yeah that's so funny that it came up (laughs) i really loved in this i love whenever rocket has a sentimental moment because his personality is so brash so seemingly you know selfish and greedy but he had a couple, especially like when he sits down with Thor at one point, he says, I got to be the captain now. You know, he, you see that more tender side of him. And that always re, that always evokes the scene from the first Guardians where he's sitting there sobbing over Groot's death. Mm-hmm. And it's just I, I like to see, I love to see those, you know, those softer moments with him because it's such a stark uh, contrast from what his character normally is. I think uh, another dynamic I loved from 
Rocket, even in the past, was in Guardians 2, his, uh, how he kind of mirrors Yondu, because Yondu basically says, what are you, professional asshole? And then, like, they decide that really they're the same person. They have the same issues, and that's <laughs> that's very telling. And they both have the, the soft side. Um, and love, the yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was, Thor's names for everyone are so good. Come <laughs> rabbit. I love that Thor uh, Rocket or... I guess Rocket Rocket <laughs> Rabbit would be appropriate, and Groot kind of went off. I like the pairings that they had, or the trios. That was so great. The groupings. Yeah. The chemistry is absolutely unheard of with this big of a cast. That is unprecedented in my mind. This was not something that they had years in the making and in the sense that they were all together. Maybe you know only a handful of these actors were only in some of these movies together, and now they basically all... Like, switch teams. It was a lot of conflicting personalities. Like, I mean, Doctor Strange and Tony Stark are the intelligent characters. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it worked, though, like, seeing them kind of butt heads but still be a team. It was definitely interesting. I love that Doctor Strange is one of the very few people who can go toe-to-toe with Tony as far as smack talk. Yeah. Because they're both, like, alpha male. They are. I, and I they, was waiting they, for that one. And they actually have very, you know, they have very similar backgrounds. Their, you know, their histories are there's a lot of similarities between them. Um, so I think they see a lot of each, they see a lot of the other in themselves, but I like I said, you know, Tony is usually the silver tongue. He out talks everyone he meets, but now, you know, in this, you got to see someone like Stephen strange, you know, you know, go word for word with him, which is just so unusual. Well, they're both overachievers. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we know that from both their back or origin stories and they both have that ego I mean, they both oh, they, have yeah that they're both arrogant as all hell as soon as they are good at something they they use it and they utilize it as a tool which is which is great they're like leaders too um I don't know. another thing i wanted to i just thought of this a little bit ago um what do you guys think about them splitting a timeline for the next movie i mean they they probably won't oh god i have no idea what's gonna happen in the next movie now i'm just thinking like what if they have an alternative storyline as the next movie is that doable i I mean do you mean where everyone doesn't die or like what or or different characters die what i thought was going to happen for like a second was when i saw thanos at the end when he sees little gamora Mm -hmm. at that point for like just a split second i was like oh my gosh Thor got to him, something backfired when Thor hit him with the lightning, with the axe, and it it created this cosmic thing with the stones, and Thanos has to start over. For some reason, I thought that was going to be the reset going into Avengers 4, and then obviously it played out differently. Well, it looked like he woke up on the planet in the water. That's what it looked like when he got the soul stone to begin with. Yeah, I could see that. Which is, I guess, is where she died, uh, Gamora died, so I guess that makes sense, but... You know, I really thought Gamora, there was no doubt she was going to come back until you said the Avatar thing. Yeah. I, look, For such that, a that might stupid re- reason. Might be the reason. Oh, my gosh. I, I never even considered. I would hope not. I love Zoe Saldana. I don't think that's the reason. But it, I, That's a very clever. That's, that's, that happens. That could be mm. upwards of six movies that she might have to be signed to between Avatar and Star Trek. Can you imagine those uh, those actors and actresses, too, like, that were signed to the long-term Avatar deals, and they're like, oh, wait, crap, that's actually happening? Yeah. <laughs> I got to stop everything else I'm doing? 
Oh, man, I really hope that that's not a thing. I know, and it stinks, too, because Zoe Saldana has spoken very openly about, you know, just how much she loves this role, how much she loves the MCU, how much she loves, like, the superhero genre and this, you know, renaissance of geeky blockbusters, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, and all that. Um, Because she's never mentioned anyone by name, but she's often spoke about how there's a lot of, you know, people turning their noses up at this people in the film industry who look Saying down. Saying they sell out. Yeah, not, maybe not so much sell out, but like, oh, this is lower form of entertainment. Yeah. Like, these aren't films. This isn't cinema. You know, this is... They know, are still looked down upon by a select crowd, but guess what? Those people are the minority now. Oh, no, absolutely. But, but like I've said, you know, there are people like that still in the movie industry, and a lot of those people, you know, are the higher-ups, I would imagine. I'm sure it's a lot of, you know, the... The more powerful, more influential people. James Cameron. I, well, he shouldn't be because he's contributed so much to this. But yeah, he's made some bizarre comments. And he's been days. sour grapes, like grumpier. Puts Pete to shame and grumpy. He has a wet blanket. I'm telling you, he, he said something about uh, Star Wars and sci-fi. I want to say a few years ago too. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to look it up. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I swore he did. So when he said something about. Uh, Recently, like it was in the news this week, that he's like, I hope people get tired of the Avengers movies. Basically, mm. yeah, I think he's. I thought Superhero he specifically fatigue. said Avengers. Um, well, he said Avengers like. Okay, think he was comparing. Obviously, he was doing it to be timely. Because gotcha. remember, he did that. He needs to stay relevant somehow because his next Avatar film is still not getting done. Remember what he did about Wonder Woman or what he said about Wonder yeah. Woman, I should oh, say. Oh, yeah. He capitalized on that by speaking. I don't think it was right after the movie came out, but there was still hype around it at the time when he said that you know, Wonder Woman was too feminized, that there should be grittier, uh, more masculine female <laughs> heroes. But why can't she be feminine that, and badass? That's what everyone said, <laughs> yeah. All I'm thinking of is, I'm probably going to butcher it, that South Park quote. He goes, James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's, uh, I mean, those Avatar movies, jeez. It's unfortunate, too, because he's played such a pivotal role in this. I mean, this is the guy behind Alien, the Alien franchise, the Terminator franchise. He's done so many great works, and it's... I've said this, I think I think it was in our Slack chat, actually. He feels like a bad guy pro wrestler who deliberately is trying to rile up the crowd by saying things that he doesn't even necessarily believe. He's just saying them because he knows that it'll piss people off. He could be saying it, too, to not just stay relevant, but to get people to go see those films when they come out to be like, oh, okay, tough guy. You know, let's see what you've got. I, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. It's it's a weird, weird thing that he is is managed to stay around as, as long as he has when it comes to that. But with, uh, with regards to the Avengers, Iron Man, I really liked his role in this. He is he's one of my favorite characters in all of the MCU. Um, I thought one of the most emotional pivotal points in the whole movie was when spider-man was like about to fade away and spider-man was panicking and that was like his son there basically there was even one uh, point in the movie when dr strange goes what's your relationship and they both didn't say anything yeah but you knew what they you know it's it's such a father-son thing there what did you guys think of him overall and he talked in the beginning about wanting to have a kid with pepper that was the thing and it was something i wrote about in some assembly required it was he each movie that uh, Tony has been in has given him more of a reason to lose or more of a reason to not lose I guess yeah when it comes to Infinity War because now you know there was the question like oh are we gonna have a kid or, or you know he's getting married um 
it was that he and they even referenced it that he he keeps losing uh, these extraordinary beings like vision yeah that was kind of funny <laughs> he keeps creating these problems that he's trying to solve but he's not doing a good job at it and unfortunately this is where they're at but yeah what if pepper died though yeah, oh, yeah, know. she could have faded away. That's right. Well, like, Any, uh, anything's on the table. I mean, he's planets away. On the table at this point. Um, the scene where he uh, gets stabbed by Thanos, too. I kind of uh, thought that would definitely be the end. I, I thought he was dying you. right I was there. I he was going to die just so I can be right on that last podcast. That we had. <laughs> you hoped <laughs> not for worth death it. just to be right. <laughs> not worth it. Just to be right. I, uh, I, I thought I would have put money down on Cap dying. Uh, this oh, yeah, just, I know. You know, I kind of felt like he could have on Wakanda. One thing I did say to Pav, I believe that uh, Downey Jr. and Evans both had nine movie deals, and this was movie number eight for each of them. Oh. So maybe that uh, plays into what we're going to see next movie. Maybe they just retire. They could always be a flashback, though. Passing the mantle down. Yeah, I, I think they've been kind of like passing that on, it feels like, for a while now. we, you know, Black Panther is going to be a guy. Um, feels like Doctor Strange is going to be a guy. Spider-Man's going to be pivotal to this MCU moving forward. Well, and... I'm not sure. I think in the Black Panther comics, his sister takes over as him for a little bit. Um, recently, uh, you mean? Uh, maybe. I read it somewhere. Okay. If it's recent, unfortunately, I have not kept yeah. up with a lot of recent but Marvel. But I, I read that somewhere. So, I mean, I, Black Panther could be a girl. I mean, she would have to be the queen of Wakanda, but... Yeah. She could be if he died. I think right. we're going to get a, a good chunk of T'Challa for a, a while with how popular everything was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, they'd be crazy not to... With that, I, that run is is crazy for a solo movie. Uh, that it's still going on right now. Like you could go see Black Panther and then go see Avengers. And especially <laughs> with the recent acquisition of Fox, one of the most famous storylines for Black Panther in the comics is that he marries Storm from the X Men. Oh, mm. wow! They, uh, I can't wait to see what that phase is going to look like in the MCU when they've yeah, acquired these characters. That's be crazy. The other thing I was really, really, really hoping for which was just kind of a pipe dream, was a very, very brief Deadpool cameo um, <laughs> now that Fox is under the Disney family. Um, didn't need it. Kind of thought it would be fun. Or even as the post credit scene. Just a quick, like, where did everybody go? Like, that would be really <laughs> funny to me. But uh, I like the way it ended. Speaking of which, uh, we did not get a mid credit scene. We only got the one post credit scene. There was a pause, too. Everyone was like, oh. yeah, 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 we were all waiting. Just disappointment. I didn't think we were going to get any. I'm surprised we Whoa, got the one really? we did. This felt I, like one that we weren't going to get. I think for the for the well-being of many fans around the world, they had to have it end <laughs> on somewhat of a promising note. Maybe Kevin Feige was like, no, guys, <laughs> shoot something. We, we, get Sam yeah, in here. We might do some serious damage to people if we don't. Have Him almost thing. dropping the F-bomb, too, was, was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> That was a classic. Well, like we said, we hadn't, you know, we went through that whole movie without seeing Nick Fury, and he was the one who, you know, says that uh, now probably going to be famous monologue in that opening trailer. You know, there was once an idea, and we don't see him for this whole movie up until the end, and then we finally see him at the end there, making the call to Brie Larson herself, Captain Marvel. Yeah. So uh, Captain Marvel. After this, we've got Ant Man and the Wasp in July. After that, in the MCU, we've got Captain Marvel in March, March 9th, right? March 9th. 2019. Correct. 2019. And then we've got Avengers, essentially part two to Infinity War in May of next year, uh, which I like that they haven't uh, said what that title is yet. I like that they're keeping that close to the chest. Uh, I, 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 like, I, I legitimately don't know what's going to happen. Like I, I, can't I have no even, idea. I can't even speculate. Like, and this is—I cr- I never thought I'd say this. 
Do you feel more confident that you know what the Infinity War Part 2 storyline is or the Star Wars Episode 9 story is? <laughs> Woof. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know if I could answer neither? that. Neither? Yeah. They've is done a good... neither an option? Yeah. How about them doing a good job of, of really keeping us guessing? That doesn't happen nowadays. I'm, I feel like I'm rarely shocked by movies. They're, just, they're very predictable. This was not. This was not at all. And you and I also, Pavlik, beforehand said we thought he was going to end up with five stones. Right. He had six. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing. Yeah, I lost. He almost I lost had some pro- five. I lost some prop bets in a few <laughs> group chats. He Did anyone bet five. six? Oh yeah, I I knew a few people who <sighs> said six. I thought maybe five was the most. Nope. Man, how about Josh Brolin as Thanos? What do we think of him? I love the performance. I think he looked a little goofy though, between the motion capture, the total CGI character, and just the. I was really surprised that they made th- they made. Thanos go throughout most of the movie without his armor on because he looks. Let's face it, he they even reference that he looks like Grimace. He looks like a <laughs> giant beefed up cross between Patrick Starr from SpongeBob and Grimace. Oh my gosh, how about his, Squidward? His like you know, like Squidward. when you know, like when he scowls, he looks like when Pat that meme going around of Patrick hanging up on top of the <laughs> on top of the rock. You know what meme I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. When yeah. SpongeBob's jellyfishing and. You've seen the episode, Jamie. You know exactly what I'm talking. Yes. And you're like, I've got you now, SpongeBob. I uh, they even made fun of his chin at one point. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think uh, I I didn't. It didn't bother me for most of it. I I was looking for kind of like flaws with it, and I thought for the most part it blended because generally he was on an alien planet when you saw him. He wasn't, you know, I've, the end. Obviously, he was on Earth, but for the most part, he was not. He was in like otherworldly surroundings, so. He's out of this world, and it made sense. You know, like, if he was on Earth in New York City, it might have looked a little bit more goofy. Well, he looked a lot better on Titan, whereas... That's what, that's what I'm saying. I feel like all the other humans stuck out glaringly against that background. See, I didn't think so. I thought they blended them nicely. I feel like if you look, if you go back to that very first scene in particular, like, where they're discussing their plan before Thanos gets there, it looks like it's a Star Wars prequel, where it's just it's so glaringly obvious that they're organic human beings against a CGI backdrop. I feel like they match the colors nicely, though, because like with the palette, they chose characters who would match that planet. So like Iron Man, the Iron Spider outfit, and then Doctor Strange and even Star Lord, they all have those. They're all red, red, brown, orange colors that fit into that planet. I thought that was like a nice artistic thing. Maybe well, they didn't execute as well as, well as we hoped. But say, what do you say about Drax and Nebula then? Uh, they even toned them down a little bit. Um, they they st- obviously they're the colorful. Would so they, they give them a little dusting on. Yes, there? they did. <laughs> oh, Bob, like, you didn't even look for these things. Such a writer over here. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think for the most part there. I didn't have any glaring issues with cg nothing um, outrageously terrible a couple no. of spots but nothing outrageous i don't know, I, I just maybe i wasn't so hot on thanos's look when especially it, like like when you see like you know gamora i mean that's all prosthetics yeah that's not cgi that's all makeup and practical effects i i i mean granted yeah you got to have thanos be this you know hulking t- you know mountain of a man but the other thing is um with speaking of Gamora there, you know, Nebula has been rumored to be very, very vital to the next Avengers movie. I mean, you can see that, you know, she wants the ultimate revenge on him. Um, she's got to be Stark's way off the planet. If oh, he survives, yeah. if, if they don't go back in time, right? Like, yeah. cause he's done for, he's sitting there and, um, 
I'm glad that... He can make a spaceship, though. Probably. <laughs> you know you're talking like, about. got a gaping hole in his belly, though. Oh, that's right. Uh, he's gotten out of worse. He made that first iron suit in the middle of the desert. That's very no, he true. He was um, repairing himself, I think. Yeah. I did see yeah. that. A little bit. And that price still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet that doesn't feel nice. I'm glad I'm they showed the image of him that you saw from the trailers that was so iconic, kind of yeah. looking like he was almost going to throw up, just like... That that was very important to me, that that intense moment was captured. I thought the, the emotion overall with this movie was there. I like that they um, they brought about the humor moments. Um, I think this is easily the darkest Marvel movie oh, yeah. in all of the, the entire MCU. But I think you needed those humor moments. Otherwise, I would have been like sitting there crying. It was just like, it was brutally dark. Uh, what do we think of the overall blended tones with this? Did you think any of the humor cheapened it? No. For a scene or two, but not, I, I wouldn't say it was extensive. I feel like the beginning of the movie had, fi- I would say the humor was maybe um, heaviest in like the opening 20 minutes or so. And then once you got to Vision and Scarlet Witch's scene walking through the streets, that's when you know, it kind of settled in and it got serious from there. And then any humor after that felt rather uh, organic. See, I I felt like the movie starting off so fast. I like that it did. they didn't wait. They didn't have any sort of buildup. I thought it was, it was like drastically dark and intense up front. When I saw that Thor, uh, Thor ship basically with all the Asgardians on it was just basically destroyed. I was like, they're not waiting for anything here. They're not having any sort of build up. They're just going immediately. Well, he also already had the purple stone, meaning he attacked the Nova Corps, right? Yeah, we didn't ever. We never actually saw his city basically obliterated Xandar, right? Yeah, yeah. never even saw that. Who had? I'm trying to think. Who? So who would have had that? The purple stone. Yeah, the, the Guardians took it to the Nova Corps in That's their right. first movie. Okay, okay. Which is because the Collector had what? The uh, Reality Stone. Okay, and I believe one more than two. No, no, you're right. No, it was just the reality stone. Because two would have been on Asgard. I kind of wish we had seen the destruction of Xanar because that's a cool callback to the Annihilation storyline from the comics a few years back. The entire Nova Corps gets taken out by not Thanos, but Annihilus, which is another cosmic, you know, super powerful villain. What did you think of Loki? I felt like he was never being mischievous. I thought he was genuinely trying to help Thor. I think he was being mischievous toward Thanos. But he was using but, it yeah. as a tool instead of just being a jerk for once. Yeah, right. And it felt like... I feel like he should have known that was never going to work, though. I Why li- would they know that? <laughs> I guess. I didn't like him getting killed off as quickly as he did. Me I mean, neither. this was a guy who was pivotal in four MCU movies. And he's so clever. And he does like, nothing in this. He could have... I don't know. He could have I thought been. that was a little disrespectful of Tom Hiddleston's contributions to this franchise. Felt like that was the angle they were going with with Thor, though, was that he lost everything. Right. And Thor was kind of. I I would say, if you could whittle it down, Thor was the primary. Yeah. He would have been the protagonist if you could only pick one. Yeah, that's probably accurate. And he did get the most screen time, according to the directors. I think Loki and Hulk though are um they're show stealers. You know I mean, like you you watch Thor and you love Loki, or you watch Ragnarok and you loved Hulk. I mean, so having them not be as essential in the movie might have done wonders to the other characters. So people are like, 
oh, okay, Hulk isn't here. Let's focus on Captain America or, like, the other characters that don't get the cool action sequences with all, like, I don't know. I could be wrong. I felt, um, I, I was thinking during the movie, I'm really, I, I loved Thor Ragnarok to begin with, but I'm very thankful now that it was so lighthearted because this was heavy. <laughs> this Now I see why a little bit, why they they went in that direction. We needed something that was going to kind of, we could think back fondly on as this was so heavy. You know, like this is up there in terms of, you know, I'm not saying my degree of liking it, but like I think back to the first time I saw Empire Strikes Back and how dark it felt, how like, nothing the rebels did was going to succeed that like vader and the empire just had them totally on the ropes and that's what this feels like but even more helpless like what are they going to do what so the what we should talk about is dr strange he he basically in the middle of the movie is having a little bit of like a freak out it looks like he's he's viewing every single alternate reality for what the possibilities are for them defeating thanos he says it's what one in like 14 million 14 yeah something like that 14.5 million or something like that and only one outcome do they the avengers succeed in taking him down and at that point uh towards the end of the movie dr strange he gives up the the stone so willingly the the time stone and even iron man's like why did you do that he must have had a reason he must know that that was the reason that was the way that they had to defeat him i don't know what that path is but he had to right that was the one in 14.5 million or or harmful yeah. I mean, like, he's going to win regardless. Well, but if the it, least harmful would probably be the one where they win. Unless <laughs> unless they were past but, the but point of... Can't. If they were past they the can't. point of winning, then this was, like, the lesser of the evils. But he did say that they he saw one way. Yeah, so, so this gotta, has this to be the path. The way, as, uh, I would as assume. As untraditional, you know, as unorthodox as it might seem. Yeah, I uh, you would think, obviously, the time stone is, is maybe the most vital because you can... Go redo things. It's how he defeated Dormammu in the Doctor Strange movie, but with uh, with this, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it it has a lot of intrigue. I like Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie a lot, by the way. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good. He's he's a good actor in, in a number of a number of things. Oh my gosh, I love when he met Spider Man and he said, "I'm Peter," and he goes, "I'm Doctor Stephen Strange or I'm Doctor Strange or whatever." <laughs> he was like, "Oh, we're using our made up names." Then I'm Spider Man. How about Marvel getting Spider-Man funny. just in the nick of time to build him up, not just with Civil War in his own movie, but to have him here? Mm. You like? I, I he, love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I mean, he's wonderful. From I mean, every time they recast a new Spider-Man, I, I like the new recast, I guess. But for just with his age and his personality, and he's got that kind of fun, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man feel to him, and it's it's great. So There's a good line fun. with the neighborhood there too. With, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with me saying the neighborhood. Um, yeah, with him saying, like, I need to defend it, which is super corny, but it was kind of like, oh, this was really touchy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I, uh, I I like Tom Holland best of any of the Spider-Man actors that they've cast, and I like Toby better than Andrew. And his uh, pop culture reference again. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> really I like that he keeps, de- <laughs> he keeps defeating different uh, villains, basically, that way. Like, oh, my gosh. When Tony's... No, not Tony. When uh, Star Lord said his footloose is still the greatest movie of all time, and he goes, "It never was." <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, so I guess that's a good uh, point to touch Tell on. Tell about I the c- dance off to save the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what dance off? <laughs> Did we talk about this off air with Star Lord screwing everything up, or was yes, this on the podcast? No, that was off air. Okay, so mm, so mad. Star Lord probably <laughs> yeah, let's like, just like Star Lord did. <laughs> 
he, you know, one of my favorite characters in all of the MCU. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy more than I do any other property that Marvel has. And uh, like he, he screwed it up. They had Thanos. I can't believe it. Like I know that it was shocking and it and it upset him. I was genuinely pissed at that point watching. Me that too. Happen. I can't believe he would jeopardize it all like that, and then they end up losing and so many people die because he couldn't just hold it together for a minute for them to get that glove off Thanos's hand. Although going back to Doctor Strange, if that was the one and only way that he saw them winning, maybe they wouldn't have actually pulled off the Infinity Gauntlet in time before Thanos came to and you know got you know got manis off of him and broke out of it i don't know i have no idea I, 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 the I stones just, change I everything just had that thought because i was under the same impression yet yeah, they had thanos in the palm of their hand and then star lord so screwed everything up but if they start the next movie with that same scene and they rip the glove off <laughs> and then what that's that's again that's you're going dragon ball z on that because dragon ball z did that exactly. never happened <laughs> I think that made it so much more intense, even though you kind of were like, okay, Star-Lord's going to lose his temper here. Like, you could predict that. And he punched him. Yeah. Instead of just shooting him in the face. The shocking part, they were that close. It's kind of like the ring in Mount Doom. Like, Frodo's at the edge. He can destroy it, and then he doesn't. He he lets it overcome him, and then, you know, by a freak accident, Gollum ends up destroying the ring. So, like, that's kind of how I looked at this was like, he had that chance. Oh my gosh, he had that chance. He could have done it and didn't do it. And then, you know, now he's got to. I mean, he faded away, right? So he's not even facing the consequences. Yeah, he's gone. So it, it's like that scene in a horror movie where, you know, the killer's right behind the, the hero and you're like, look out, he's right behind you, but you can't do anything about it. So you, as the audience, are just helpless. I love that plan, by the way, that they utilized everyone there, basically, whether it was Spider-Man with it oh my gosh. swinging back and forth or uh, Doctor Strange using the portals to get to. You know, different uh, areas, Magic. I guess, or different worlds. Magic, <laughs> Magic with a kick. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Uh, it was an, I love seeing that plan come together, using Mantis to try to get him into a trance. Uh, even uh, seeing a little bit into his soul and saying he's truly in pain, which was... Oh, I wish she hadn't said it. <laughs> I, I feel no sympathy for him at all, like, if that's what you're saying. No, I wish she hadn't said it because then Star-Lord wouldn't have freaked. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. She could yeah. have held her tongue for a minute there, but that's not no, how Mantis is. Oh, so maybe is. Mantis is the problem. That's not how <laughs> she is, though. She says everything out loud. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, just the way everything came together was truly remarkable, and I, I can't, I, I don't know. Like, it, you don't, I, I think you don't really truly get a, 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 a proper score unless you write a review and you actually flesh it out because it changes over the course of your written review and your, your process. But what do you rank this out of 10 if you have to score it right now? I've got a number in mind, and it may change when I'm writing this. I'm looking at a 9, I think. Okay. Maybe a little bit lower depending on how this is all re- Yeah, a lot of it is going to be dependent on how it's resolved in... See, I don't know if you can do that, though. Yeah, but you got to rank well, it now I, I just, I without just gave, part two. I just gave it a nine. Chill out, people. I, <laughs> I, I had a caveat there. That's all it is. Yeah, I know. But it's uh, it's it's one movie. Yeah, and I just gave you my answer. So back it up, Jack. All right. I mean, I can't rate The Fellowship unless I'm reading all three movies. So hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not what I said, no, but uh, that's fine. No, I, um, I, I would say eight and a half, nine is where I'm at as well. I have to see it again just to kind of. You know, look for more details and go from there. But, but by itself, eight and a half, nine. All right. I always hesitate to rank things high because 
I don't know. I'm just overwhelmed with how excited I am about it. But um, I can't think of a lot of things that I didn't like about it or that I would change. So it's going to be like a high nine, like nine and a half or something like that for me. I've got it at a nine, seven, five in my head right now, because the only thing that held back for me was that it seemed like everyone just easily died. And it felt yeah. like there's an easy solution to that. Hey guys, when does Seth, uh, Selensky sit down? <laughs> Where'd Josiah go? You've been waiting to pull that one all out here. Um, I just, there's not much I can take away from that movie that made me dislike it. Yeah. And a review, by the way, is not what how much you like a movie necessarily. Um, right, no, because I was so mad during a couple of the things that I didn't want to happen, but they happened. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to, to kind of gauge it right away, but I, I mean, I'm easily in that nine range. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it for me. Um, just, yeah, maybe something will hit me over the course of the review and I'll say, hey, I'm going to score this down, but I don't think so at this point. So, to this point, Best movie of the year? Nah, I still think Black Panther wins out. Hmm. I don't know. Black Panther was really good, but this was this tied in every movie I've seen in the last ten years. And so. this felt like a be- it was better than a greatest hits compilation, yes. which I was worried about at first. Yeah, no, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm Spider Man <laughs> yeah. and I can sling some webs. No, it was like everything tied together. Awesome. I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just where I'm at. Can you imagine if DC wrote this movie? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what a mess. Well, it depends on who you had. Zack Snyder? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Johns and Peggy Jenkins? Yeah. Before the movie started, yeah, still no. somebody in our theater shouted, Marvel rules, DC drools. Yeah, because nothing <laughs> says manly and adult like DC drools. Like, really? This is Dro- definitively... Drools, that was the best you could come up with? <laughs> this is definitively my favorite movie yet this year uh black panther is a close second and everything else kind of just falls by the wayside a little bit unfortunately i think it's been a a meh kind of year so far uh but we've got some heavy hitters coming up in the next few weeks and watching the deadpool trailer i'm like how could it possibly be as good as the first one there's no way right there's no way i don't think so and there's too many people so it's gonna be less deadpool time (laughs) you you want deadpool on screen as much as you can yeah but josh brolin looks awesome as cable great thanos reference uh with the joke that was good he also makes fun of dc which was funny, funny too but um yeah and then solo which uh did you guys hear the alden aaron rick leak this week mm-hmm. apparently i say quote unquote leak i think that was a, a fabricated leak that disney was like hey we've got so much faith in this movie go tell people that you've signed on for three like star wars actors don't let that stuff leak usually is that what he said he's in uh he's signed on for three Movies. Wow. I mean, I feel like everything Star Wars is three, though, except Rogue One. <laughs> I don't. There, there's. Not I don't these, think they're doing a solo trilogy, movies. though. I don't think so. With these, maybe like, it means he's appearing in like a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But and Chewbacca movie. Yeah. A, movie. a Star Wars story. So yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts on Avengers: Infinity War. Where we're going moving forward here into next year's and. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Final thoughts. I thought it was a movie that proved that you can still be compelling without having, you know, without having a slow, you know, kind of catch your breath moment. Very it did a very very good job juggling a, you know, host of characters, a crazy amount of action, and then ended with one of the craziest conclusions that I've seen in a superhero movie probably ever. Um that legitimately leaves me 
baffled as to where this story goes from here. I have no speculate. I have no idea whatsoever how this is going to continue. And I, I really excited by that fact because anything's just going to probably take me by surprise at this point. Um, hmm. well, I don't know. Like I said before, I was, I was just like on the edge of my seat the entire time. Everything kind of took me by surprise and like, my mouth was hanging open at the end when it was just over. Everyone died and it was over. It was just like, I don't know. I didn't expect for everything to be resolved, but at the same time, I didn't think it was going to be that huge of a cliff to hang off of. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see the next installment. It was exactly the way. Once I heard there was a cliffhanger, kind of felt like when I saw Thanos there, that was it. I was like, this is, this is it. This is going dark. Um, final thoughts, Tom. Just the, the whole tone of the movie. I mean, each Marvel movie has its own tone in a sense, whether it's fun or funny or um, they try to go darker. But I mean, this was, like you said before, the darkest one that I've seen to date. And I mean, I, I like the direction that they're going. I'm also curious as to where this is like going to go. I mean, I'm definitely going to be following up on the second one like as soon as we hear any news on it. So I got to hope and think they're going to keep it as tight to the chest as they did with this one. They did a good job. Oh, yeah. I think the only reason and you know yeah, you know obviously the Gigaverse is not a huge media outlet yet, but shame on the bigger outlets for putting those spoilers out there. There's got to be something to something to be said for integrity when it comes to that stuff. Just because you got to, you know those early screenings whether it was Monday or Tuesday that you went and saw it it's not an excuse or a reason to put out those spoilers before it comes out. It's, you know, if, if it's out on the internet, it, it, it's, it's crappy clickbait in my opinion. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. I don't think it, it's, a, I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. And it, you know, I stayed off of social media as much as I could this week and that's fine. You know, I don't mind giving that up, but have an the embargo of sorts, to. you know, yeah. like don't do that. That's not cool. Yeah, just why, because why you want to be the, the first one. Title? Why in the title? Why but also, you... why would you want to, though? Like, do, do you think people enjoy having it spoiled? Like, why go see the movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I, I don't like that a lot of major outlets would just post lists of spoilers in, in these articles that are out there. It's just, it's not good. It's not good. Don't do it. Cut it out. You know, be better than that. I believe some of those outlets uh, eventually took down the articles after there was backlash against them um i didn't actually look at the articles, so i can't say for sure what what the content was but i understood that forbes had one on their main page variety variety some um, big ones yeah not good like i said it's unfortunate it is uh i guess um my final thought here is they wrapped up everything beautifully and when i say wrapped up obviously we've got a ways to go and i think we'll transition into a new era of mcu films i hope we get another 10 years worth of these movies i truly enjoy them i don't feel any sort of superhero fatigue at this point i Mm -hmm. certainly don't feel any sort of marvel fatigue at this point as long as the quality is still there and you've got the leadership in place that you've got go for it absolutely go for it keep bringing us these superheroes whether it's the ones we've got or you're bringing in new ones like captain marvel next year I think it's awesome. I think there's no reason to have any sort of pessimistic outlook for the MCU moving forward. Um, I guess one final bonus thought I did want to ask everybody. So kind of like the, the extended scene here that we would we would give our listeners. What was the best, what was the most epic either moment or entrance by a superhero in this movie? Take a second if you need to think of it. I think I've got mine in, in mind if you want me to go first. 
uh, I think Thor showing up at Wakanda had me. That was <laughs> there were a lot of clap worthy moments. I think in the audience, <laughs> that was it for me. I was ready to stand up and just man, Thor just kind of took over, and it was so cool. He had his his uh, axe for the first time, which by the way. If you're a video gamer, that is right out of God of War, the video game, because that goes into North, uh, Norse mythology, and a, a dwarf makes him an axe, just like in this, which I think is awesome. Peter Dinklage. Calls back to him. <laughs> Calls back to him. Uh, it is truly awesome. That was just uh, a moment where I had goosebumps. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Black Panther showing up or seeing him for the first time was pretty cool. Seeing Cap was not at all what I expected. I expected we would see Cap in Wakanda. Well, that was going to be my answer, but thank you for stealing it. Uh, you can go more in depth on it. I'll go back to Thor for a second. That was it for me. Uh, aside from the Thor kind of running into the, the Guardians, that was funny. But Thor showing up on the battlefield was moving. He took out so many of the things they were fighting in one fell swoop. Yeah, right, yeah he's, he's Thor, powerful. Thor is crazy powerful now after taking on you know Odin's power for the most part. Right, he and is. his his hammer is gone, but it doesn't matter. But it was only there to channel right. his power or focus. And it. he got an eye back. It's like nothing ever happened. I I was <laughs> laughing my ass off when Rocket had that eye. I was like, it's the eye, Lauren. It's the eye. He's got it. <laughs> uh, Tom, what was, uh, what was the most epic moment or entry for you? No, I, I think seeing Hulk right at the beginning was, was good. I mean, it was the very little Hulk that we saw on the screen time, but just Loki saying that we have a Hulk kind of Awesome. Reference. Awesome. Just seeing him go at it, was, <laughs> that, that was probably the best for me. I mean, even though it was in a lot of the trailers, seeing Thanos um, show up on Wakanda coming out of that portal thing, it was still a cool moment. I mean, everyone just kind of that, like, that oh shit factor. Yeah. I mean, it, that, those were tired too for me as far as appearances. So Pavlik... Oh, it was black. Uh, sorry, uh, Cap for me. Um, the obscure, shadowy figure standing in the background there. Who's this? Who's going to save, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision? And then to see him step out of the shadows like that. Oh, my gosh. That was so cool. After you know he's oh, been that on the run awesome. for a while. You know he's, you know, kind of been, you know, hiding after Civil War and all that. Yeah, that was a really badass moment when he was just like a silhouette. That was cool. That was uh, eerie. And they yeah. captured that moment very nicely. So, wrapping up, we want to hear from you, the uh, the community. Tell us what you thought of the Avengers Infinity War. We want to hear everything. Uh, leave some comments. Leave some in-depth comments on all of our social media from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we want to hear or leave a comment right on the, the article for the review or spoiler cast right at thegeekiverse.com. Uh, we're going to go around here and find out where we can find all of us individually on social media, what you've been working on, and what we can tease for the Geekiverse moving forward. Jamie, what's going on? You can find me on Twitter at Jamie Lynn Leroy. And um, let's see, the most recent thing I wrote was the review of a series of Unfortunate Events Season 2 came out this month. Um, you can find that at thegeekiverse.com. And also, I am in a podcast called Girls Who Geek, led by Maggie. We are in the middle of a series called Women in Things, and we just put out a podcast called Women in Marvel, which is pretty relevant right now. So check that out. The next one coming out will be in May, and it'll be Women in Star Wars. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Look forward to it. Mr. Pavlak. If you are looking for something to read, 
I have the first <laughs> book in a fantasy trilogy coming out next month. We're gunning for May 18th. That's a release date on Amazon, both in print and in digital format for your Amazon Kindle. The Echoes of Light, first book in the Legend of Light trilogy. If you are a fan of The Legend of Zelda, Chronicles of Narnia, Shannara, Earthsea, um, what else? Oh, Dragon Riders of Pern. I think this is a fantasy story and adventure that you will really enjoy. So I hope you take a look at that. And we'd say lots of Tolkien elements. Of course. Influence, of course. Of course. So I, I don't say this just as a very close friend of Jeff or for knowing him for a long time or that this is uh, our parent company's first actual print release when it comes to novels support artists in the making or authors in the making when it comes to this obviously jeff has been an author for a long time but what i'm saying is you need to pick up this book uh, it's going to be coming out like we said hopefully may 18th you can check out a few of the chapters right now and preview the book at thegeekiverse.com that's right we will be posting the first five chapters to the book for free for anyone to take a look at on thegeekiverse.com a uh, new chapter every monday leading up to that may 18th release so stop at Nickel City Con, get a physical copy. You can get a signed copy. It's better than uh, oh, I'm on getting, Amazon. I'm getting mine signed. At a discount, no less. We'll be selling them for a little bit cheaper than they will be on Amazon. Ooh. Sounds good to me. Uh, Mr. Chubb. Um, you could find me at Tom Colbert. I finally got it down. I'm up to like seven followers now. Woo. <laughs> Lucky number Thank seven. Thank you, Pete, for being <laughs> seven or eight. I don't even remember. Yes. Um, it would be funny if you capped it and were able to like decline followers. No, no. no. <laughs> seven I, I is all I allow. I only want seven. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you didn't make the cut, I'm sorry. But, uh, but I have been playing Far Cry 5. I have started playing A Way Out with my friend Ricky, which has been great. So I'll probably do something with those soon. Um, How do you like A Way Out so far? Like It was interesting. It was fun. Sitting, it's different. Sitting on the couch and playing a video game like that it was definitely definitely cool um i don't know as far as like replay value i mean i don't know if there's alternative directions you can go i haven't seen anything yet it sounds creepy uh no no (laughs) (laughs) a way way out it sounds like you gotta escape something you escape from prison Ah. with a friend yeah (laughs) Uh, i think that debuted in e3 last year if i'm not mistaken it did and it got a lot of hype and it's out now and actually if you buy the game it comes with like a free copy for a friend because they um want you to play it with someone and not rip you off and have you buy it twice so interesting fun fact neat so f the oscars right <laughs> wasn't that the the quote from uh, the maker of that game yeah something like that at the game awards yeah yeah anyway uh so what what's going on elsewhere for the geekiverse for you tom um i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll find out we'll find out we'll find out just stick around uh so i uh with the help of, of some friends uh i was able to finish uh the some assembly required 18 part piece so tom wrote a piece there for me amanda jumped in and wrote a handful of pieces uh it is basically uh chronicling each of the 18 marvel cinematic universe movies and how they relate to the greater mcu and infinity war you can check that out obviously spoiler free uh if you want to refer it to a friend who has not seen infinity war we have a lot going on at the Geekiverse. We'll give you the quick elevator spiel uh nickel city con is going to be the weekend of may 18th in buffalo Come check it out. We are a primary sponsor on the show. We're excited. We're going to have a booth there. Uh, you're going to see us running around the show a lot, uh, hosting different events, Q&As. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down with Napoleon Dynamite himself, John Heater. Cannot wait for that. Uh, check that out. We'll have a live podcast of our Memory Machine podcast hosted by Nate Lockhart. Uh, man, we, we've got a lot going on there. Jeff, who, who are we sitting down with? 
We'll be sitting down with Steve Blum, voice of Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, uh, sorry, Sishio Makoto from Kenshin, among numerous other roles in anime and video games. Uh, I am hopefully sitting down with the Young Bucks tag team uh, from professional wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, among other promotions. John Kassir, who is famous for being the Crypt Keeper, among other uh, voice roles and act, uh, sorry, uh, acting roles over the years. You're our first tri panelist. Yeah. So hopefully I'm going, they, I'm going all three days. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, they do not cancel. Jeff was going to host nice. two last year and, uh, did not happen, but, uh, nice. it's the kiss of death for panelists. Basically. <laughs> uh, I'm also hosting three part star Wars trivia. So come on and check that out in the workshop room at nickel city con. Additionally, if you want to support the geekiverse, go to patreoncom slash the geekiverse. There are numerous levels that you can support uh, for as little as a dollar a month helps us keep the lights on and definitely goes a long way for us. So, uh, if you can't, that's also great too. We appreciate you just listening and reading our content. Um, additionally, what's next? Let's see. Deadpool is going to be the same weekend as Nickel City. So we'll have a spoiler cast for that. I think that's our next one coming up. And then a week after that, we get another Star Wars movie. We get Solo, a Star Wars story, which mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited about. <laughs> so, uh, you can find me at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. For all things geek, stay right here at thegeekiverse.com. For Tom, for Jeff, for Jamie, I am Josiah. We appreciate you for taking this ride with us. We'll catch you in a few weeks. May the force be with you, maybe? I don't know. It's not, I was going to think of a good Deadpool quote, but I didn't have anything that I could say without swearing. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.